Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Global CTE Podcast. I'm Sylvester Chisholm, your host, and today we have a very special guest, Dr. Mike Gibson. I'm super excited to have uh, this young brother on the show today. Uh, let me tell you about Mike, okay? Dr. Mike is a CTE teacher. He teaches business classes. He teaches entrepreneurship classes, computer tech. Uh, he's been doing it for five years within the St. Louis Public School District, which is one of the largest districts uh, in the state of Missouri. On top of that, he's also the founder. This is what I love when, when, when educators are going the extra mile to really prepare our students for success. He is also the founder of the Young Professional Student Academy, where he's really preparing these young people for success in the global marketplace to be ready for work and to present the best version of themselves. Um, I'm excited to have you here. Welcome, Dr. Mike. How are you doing today? Oh, man, I'm excited to be here, too, as well. Uh, I'm doing great, man. I'm, I'm blessed we're on winter break right now, and I'm just uh, enjoying all of this rest that I'm getting. I don't even know what to do with myself, man. I'm having this time. I feel guilty resting. That's funny. That's funny. I love it. I love you saying it about the rest, man. That's That was not going to be my first question, but I'm going to shift that. Like, how are you preparing yourself to come back into the classroom rejuvenated and and just re-energize. What are you doing during your during your off time during this winter break? <laughs> uh, so right now, man, I've just been uh, just kicking back, watching some Netflix, man, <laughs> just trying to just do things that that don't require me to really think much. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just relaxing going out to to eat some of the good foods that i enjoy spending time with family and i'm you know and then i'm also kind of doing some like helping too on the side like serving uh you know some people like like one of my one of my family members they uh a little bit older so i go over their house and stuff like that and i you know help them out and take them to the store uh, help paint and stuff like that. So, okay. you know, help paint. You know, we did some couple projects, painting the kitchen, painting the living room. So that's what I'm doing, man. Just spending time with family, relaxing and serving, man. Just yeah. getting my mind off of school. I like that. I think that's important, man. That's, that's, I, I'm, I'm glad we actually kicking it off with that because it's so important that you, you can't, you can't give if your cup is empty you you can't you can't pour out into other people the way that's necessary to be uh, you know an excellent educator you know the way the way that you are so i think that's good right. you share some of those self-care uh methods and strategies of serving and just relaxing doing something mindless some mindless activities you know just catching up on your netflix i love it i love it uh so man listen <laughs> let's 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 jump in let's jump into it um so what's Give me some of the some of the things like what's what's it like teaching in a large school district like teaching CTE in a large school district like St. Louis Public. What's you know what what's that like? Man, it is uh, man. There's never a dull moment. Every day is different. Every day is different. There's no day that's the same. Out of all the the the, the years I've been teaching, which is about half a decade, man, not one day has been the exact same. 
and at that time fly by, man. I remember when I, my first day teaching, my first class, man. Okay. Okay. Just like yesterday. Um, I enjoy it. Uh, I really, 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 really enjoy it a lot, man. I really found something that I'm doing. I can say that, like, this is, this is my, uh, like, a, my, my purpose, man, on this earth is to be working with kids and education, and working with other educators and stuff like that, and learning as much as I can from them, learn as much as I can from my experiences, learn as much as I can from. Uh, those that had the success before me, so that way I could I could make education better, man, because uh, minorities suffer the most uh, because education wasn't wasn't really created uh, for mm -hmm. us, not in America, not for mm -hmm. minorities. Let me jump. Let me jump in right there. So, uh, can you share a little background, like the the high school, the demographics, uh, where you teach at? Said Vashon High School, right? Yeah, that's that. That's definitely correct. Uh, sorry, I got a couple. Got some uh, visitors behind me. That's, that's how they it's cool. Sorry, right, don't worry about it. But uh, so uh, in my school right now it is ninety nine point uh, nine percent African American. Uh, we have a uh, our school is a uh, hundred about hundred percent free reduced lunch. Okay. Uh, type of school. Uh, we're in the north side of St. Louis, which is uh, typically considered one of the rougher areas. Okay. But through that, uh, those kids are uh, a joy to to really be around. Once you once you get through, once you crack that egg open, you know, soft mm -hmm. on the inside. Uh, mm -hmm. Also, a lot of these kids, they majority of them don't have a father at home. Okay. Uh, that which plays a big part in mm -hmm. um, in in the society, uh, the environment where we live, which also which shapes the the culture of the school, um, which uh, is a part of the identity of the student, mm -hmm. and uh, and a lot of these kids are uh, when they graduate are first generation college students too as really? well. Yes. I love it. So talk. So okay. So 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 going into a school like that, man, first of all, I want to say thank you for for what you're doing, working uh, with our young brothers and sisters um, in the St. Louis, in the St. Louis City community. I think it's, it's super important for them to see examples of, of success like you, to see educators that look like them. So that's a powerful piece. And, and I'm curious, what can you share some some strategies or some things that that work for you for for cracking that egg to get them to to buy in to to the lesson plans or to buy in to to what you're doing in the classroom so uh this may sound very very unorthodox but okay. uh is it something about breaking bread okay when you when you eat lunch with somebody you feed somebody that it just definitely uh, it does something that makes a, a big difference, man. It definitely it it, it helps with uh, uh, helps people to let down the guards because um, a lot of these students they got their guards up because um, a lot of them, man, they come from these rough situations, situations that uh, a lot of times are uh, very very traumatic, um, and they they deal with things that a lot of us. 
lot of us haven't even dealt with before at all. Some hard mm-hmm. stuff. So uh, just one, like I noticed just like feeding them, just something so small, like, you know, getting them some food, bringing them some McDonald's or a bag of potato chips or something, or uh, bring them some drink, like a Gatorade or something. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that was one of the first things that I did. Mm-hmm. And and they and it, that right there really uh, made a made a big difference. Something so small, and then too, what a lot of people don't realize, man, is that this the food that they serve in the schools, um, mm-hmm. especially in the African American schools and lower uh, economic areas across the country, man. That the the food like, that the kids complain about. They complain about it. So so here so here you complain come offering something in support of something that you know is personal to them to show them that you care about them so like it's not just which which i love that man like what you kind of where you're going with that dr gibson is like it's like not just i'm here just to teach this class but no like i care about you as a person and we have to start that's is is that a good way you feel like that's a that's a really good way to build rapport first to get buy-in is, is showing them that you care about them yeah that, that's yeah man because it because education is personal you know it is you you can't how do you expect these kids to respond and be able to learn if you are not like showing them that you care because they have tremendous needs that they lack that they can't control i mean a lot of people complain about, oh, our, you know, those kids, especially in the African-American community and Hispanic community, uh, they tend to be more violent and angry. Well, I mean, already a lot of them don't have fathers at home. But goodness, if you're hungry, if you are hungry, you're hungry mm-hmm. at home. And then when you come to school, you're still hungry. And then when they do give you something, the food is, is, not, uh, is not good in it's almost like relative to prison food. I mean, <laughs> how do you expect the kids to act? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I kind of got this idea from, uh, it was a program that I did when I was in middle school. It was called Ain House, a school called John Burroughs. Uh, okay. Private school, very wealthy school. They brought in the kids from the inner city. And okay. I noticed those exact same kids, put them in a, in a different environment as the kids yeah. that do have the the resources, the support, right? Okay. How those kids were completely different. They performed better in school. Behavior was better. All those nuances, those different little uh, stereotypical things were automatically solved and changed. Mm-hmm. And the lunch was like uh, eating dinner with a family. They had this long, big table. They had multiple long tables and they had okay. good food, like healthy good food pasta like mm-hmm. stuff like that and so, it made a difference so so you so you are really touching on the point of um which i I've, I've heard this a lot like before you can really try to teach someone something teach a kid something like the basic needs have to be met first like it's right. a food shelter you know somebody showing that they care about them first right. then we right. then we bring in the information so let me right. let me push you i want to push you on on something else i'm i'm curious uh can you talk to me about like ca- careers like how you 
how you incorporate like what are some teaching strategies some things that you're doing to really engage with uh you know with the population that you're serving with the young students mm-hmm. that you're serving you know what are some strategies you're doing you're incorporating it expose them to different career paths within your business or entrepreneurship or computer tech class so uh one of the things that i'm doing is of course you know like i bring them the food and stuff so i got their attention and i i make the lessons and myself relatable okay okay i like where you're going lessons i like where you're going myself relatable things that they see in their normal environment things that they see on their social media because their social media is not like our social media okay you know what i'm saying like pull up my instagram well i don't have an instagram account but like (laughs) (laughs) you know i used to have instagram um i used to have facebook but uh like pull up like like our instagram you know like i was just using me as an example of figure the speech but pull up our our instagram you know okay we in our 30s right our facebook and compare it to the feed of a high school student completely different so what i do is i I listen to the kids i pay close attention to them and i utilize different things that that's relatable to them like they love music they love hip-hop so i I incorporated a lot of different um i incorporated a lot of different lessons case studies that that's involving hip-hop current event type of stuff um they love sports so i utilize sports too as well and then i also have lessons to where i compare okay i compare those professions because those are the professions that the kids tend to want to go into basketball football uh entertainment as it relates to uh, rapping singing and I uh, we do actually because I'm a research guy. Okay. That's, that's what I do. So like I perform. We actually do live research in my class on my big smart board, and I compare mm-hmm. those different um, professions to other professions, like uh, being a doctor, being a lawyer, okay. uh, also even working in education. And okay. we did one study where we compared a. Uh, a doctor's salary to somebody, the average NFL player. And okay. I threw out the question first. I said, who do you think get paid, thinks gets paid more? The average guy in the NFL or okay. uh, a doctor? And they all said the NFL. Okay. So we did some research. How long does the average person uh, play in the NFL? How, how, what is their career? So we're looking at the average, meaning everybody all together in the average of the 20 years. And we found out it's about roughly like three years. And then right. how much right. money that they make. The average in those three years is about, about close to about, well, just a little, just a little north of a million. Right? right. But a doctor, the average, uh, we've seen that they made around $400,000 a year. And right. we looked at how long are they in their profession. Like 20, 30, 30, 30, 20, 30. 40 years. <laughs> and then we added up, okay, okay, so those three years they made, NFL players made a little over a million. And then we added uh, 400 some thousand dollars a year times 20 years. You see? And yeah. so it really opened their eyes. Now I got students that want to be doctors now. <laughs> I got so, students that want to be doctors. Oh, I I love it. I love it, Mike. Uh, first off, I love the approach 
you personalized the learning. You started with the carrot. Okay, let's start with, okay, what do you guys want to do? Let's go sports. So let's talk NFL numbers. What's the average, okay? What's the average numbers? So you also brought some interdisciplinary in there on that with, okay, we have some career, some math, some research, personalized and relevant. Man, that's a heavy combination. I I love I love that approach, man. That's that's what's needed. We need more of that in the classroom. You know, like with, oh yeah, with you know with our curriculum, that's a big focus for us is is trying to make it relevant and engaging in ways that's going to prepare these students to yes. be successful in the global marketplace. But you have to find what they care about. Like that's you can't do it with without that personalization so that's heavy i like that can you give me an example of uh give me an example of how how you maybe do something something you've done with with entertainment like you said i, I think you mentioned something with uh yeah sometimes sure. you do that yeah 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 i do uh I, I use that a lot um and one of the things before i go into that just as a precursor so you have to be you have to you have to stay relevant you got to keep yourself up on these things like because for one you, you're showing that you're interested in the things that they uh are interested in you know what i'm saying yes. we had a, we literally had a debate in my intro to business class okay. about um what considers somebody a successful rapper or what uh like what makes somebody a, a, a more accomplished rapper you see okay. what i'm saying okay and okay. a lot of them kept saying Oh uh, well, we think NBA Youngboy is the best rapper. He's the he's the most successful. So we did some numbers. We looked at some numbers, and I'm like, okay, so you gotta say NBA Youngboy over okay. uh, Drake and Kanye West. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, man, they, 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 he, he, he he killing them. They old, they old. So I said, oh, okay. So here we go again. I'll pull up the smart board. We did some research. We okay. looked up NBA Youngboy's network and his success. Uh, and we compared it to Drake's, and we compared it to Kanye West, and he's worth about six million. Drake is worth about two hundred million, and Kanye oh, West is worth over a billion dollars. So I yeah. said, so who's the more successful? Okay. <laughs> so and then we broke, and I broke down, you know, into the context on why. So in the young boy, he's only able to attract these amount of people. Okay. 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 Uh, he's like he only got he only have a certain segment of people. And he appeals to a certain segment, more of like a niche type of group. But okay. You have Kanye West and Drake. They appeal to they could they their appeal stretch globally. Mm -hmm. Now did you go? I'm curious, did you go into products too? Like, okay, yes, Kanye is also music, fashion, oh. you know, sneakers, like understanding oh, like yes, he I transcended did. that to product. Yes, I did. And I uh also used it as a, a segue to show them how he impacted the culture. I said, the, the reason why y'all wearing those fitted type of pants y'all wearing now is because of Kanye West. And the reason, and those shoes, his shoes, his, his shoes are the, some of the top selling shoes and y'all wearing it. The old guy, the guy you said is old. <laughs> Man, listen, I, I love it, Mike. Like you are really, um, man, you, you, you're doing it in a way that is relevant. This is a much needed conversation. And I hope everyone who's listening is, is catching 
the energy of what you're saying is is try to find ways to engage your students based on things they care about using entertainment television fashion uh, you know if you put that in your lesson on the front end then you can do the teaching the teaching just kind of naturally happens in itself it's like oh, oh yeah you get a young boy but then like hold on kanye like oh i didn't yes you're right these are his sneakers oh i didn't think about it that way oh yeah. now we're talking business of like okay you're interested in entertainment entertainment doesn't just mean you can only do the music you could be the person to make the music production behind the scenes the audio engineer these are all career paths it could transcend and go into fashion so it's like oh, yeah. it's really presenting to them like such an interdisciplinary approach which again like i said man that's you know we're, we're big on that conversation around not just teaching in silos like oh it's only business you can't do business without like or you can't do entertainment without fashion without uh music without you know product without like people without hr it's like all these things are all infused and that's oh, yeah. that's the best way to teach i love that you're doing that oh yeah i love it's it. fun it's fun man they they man and by me using those different things man that's a god-given thing man give me these ideas man god okay. gives me all these different ideas on how to relate to these kids man now man i got kids in the inner city uh okay. man they can tell you about gdp they can tell you what gdp stands for what it means they can yeah. tell you about interest rates they can tell you about uh uh trades as it relates to like uh the, the economy like imports and exports and stuff like that i, I they, they can tell you about all that stuff man these are the same kids yeah. in the inner city that a lot of people wrote off and said that yeah. they're not that they're not smart enough they're just they're, they're just a bunch of criminals these kids can talk to you about the economy and they actually pay attention and listen and they can tell, they can spit all that back to you I, which I, I love something it sounds like i hear you're doing you frame you frame them in the way of when you when you talk to them you talk to them with high expectations you speak to them in a way that is saying i see the best in you and i know that you're capable of receiving the best the world has to offer and not offering offering them a limited a limited perspective um talk to me about your your organization um the young professional student group that that you started within the within the school can you tell me more about that like how how is that incorporated and what are you doing to you know to push them into career paths or prepare them to be successful so uh the young professionals academy that's a a group and the school of students who want more they want they want to go the extra mile those are those those overachiever type of students and they they're not satisfied with just learning the the typical things we learn in class which i give them I give them a lot you know but they want more they want to go the extra mile so within that program which we've been operating 
Man, that time flew by. We've been operating since January. So going on a year now, we've been operating. And so like I, I, I mentor every single one of those kids. This is roughly about 30 kids in their program. We, had to, we just had some that just graduated and are in college right now. Um, and I work with those kids on one, I, uh, I monitor the grades. So we have weekly check-ins where I check their grades. And this is me, uh, it's been me doing it. Um, but I do have, I do have a business partner now. I'm, you know, I'm, I thank God for that. Somebody that's helping me uh, too as well. But I check their grades every, every week. Um, okay. And when I check the grades, I see like what assignments that they're missing. Um, because it gives me, by me being a teacher, it gives me, I have access to the system and it gives me a detailed view of everything that's going on. And I stay on about making sure they get all the assignments. I also teach them on how to develop relationships with important people, first off, starting with their teachers. So that way they can get the, get the best grades possible. So the focus has been one, helping them to increase their GPA because I need them to be prepared for the real world. Uh, either to go to college or uh, if they want to go to a trade school. So um, that's one of the main things because they have to have the best GPA possible um, because the majority of them, they do want to go to college. And I want to put them in the best position to be able to get scholarships uh, and all of that good stuff. So that's one thing that we do. Secondly, another focus is um, also like, like helping them with the college process. So like we go through, we apply for colleges. We, I ask them, okay, just give me a list of schools that, that you're interested in attending. So they give me all that, you know, different schools. And then I talk to them about how to narrow it down to where they make the most economical decisions. I preach, I preach, 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 preach about getting the least amount of student loans possible, preferably no student loans. We want scholarships, we want grants. In order to get those scholarships and grants, you gotta have GPAs. You gotta be able to present yourself the best way possible to people. Um, so that's another thing. We, we, we do financial aid stuff because my uh, I started out working in higher education. I worked in admissions. Okay. And so like I gave out thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of scholarships. So I know what that whole process is like. So I helped them with that. And then uh, so and then I also help them with other different things too as well. Just like they, then they just come to me for for many different things. They look at me almost like an uncle pretty much. You know, like I have one kid she like gotta <laughs> like because I've been I've been heavily preaching uh financial freedom in my classes and with those students in my in my program. I preach that heavy, no loans. Uh, we we break down on how the car industry works and how the system oh, is designed yeah. to get you caught up in car loans and get you caught up in debt. Yeah. So in that program, we teach, I teach financial free. I push it heavy because a lot of African-Americans uh, don't really understand that and have this mindset, this mindset that's set up by the system that in order for you to be deemed as successful, you have to have this salary, you have to drive this car, you have to have this house. So those kids that go after those things and not realizing that uh, there's really no difference from you, that kid that's on the north side and that kid that's out on the dual clay in town and country, um, y'all all at a zero credit. 
y'all at zero debt. Okay. Only thing that they might have different than you, which is only a small percentage of them, they may just have a trust fund that's been set up from their parents that's been, or they have assets that's been passed down from generation to generation. Right. Then that's only a small percent, but you all are closer to <laughs> to being a millionaire than you think. Yeah, I like I like where you're going. I like where you're going. It sounds like you really are taking a holistic approach to oh, trying yeah. to to trying to push them to success, changing some of the belief systems, um, which I think that's that's so important. Um, it's so important to shift the beliefs to to give them new beliefs to to yes. to go by to to be the guidepost that they operate off. Mm -hmm. And you're also sharing those real tactics that are going to help push them and be that support system. Like, man, this is this is um, this is really powerful, man. I, I'm really thankful to have you on here today. And and I know a lot of this comes from your research that you that you did uh, to get your EDD. Like, can you talk to me a little bit about? I believe you focused on African-American male mentorship. Yes, that yes uh, that's correct. So my okay. research was focused on mentorship of African-American males. And the reason okay. why is because um, African-American males have had this negative connotation that's been placed on them for for years now and to the point where they believe it. And, uh, and it's a very, the success of the black man is very important to America. And a lot of people don't realize that. Some people do. And some of those people that do, they capitalize off of the success of black men. But uh, I, I, I realized that. And, and I talked to me. Say that. I don't want you to go too far. Talk, talk to go, go yeah. deeper on that. You're saying the success of America is linked to the success of the African American male. Can you can you go yes. a little deeper with that point? Yes. So in my study, uh, I in my, in my as I was doing my research, um, I came across uh, I came across some information and certain things that we kind of it's kind of like common sense information. But like when you actually doing research, you actually find like actual like uh, like data that actually can be that's more descriptive to to certain things that we already know give you more context and more detail so america makes billions and billions of dollars off of black culture so black men are very successful when it comes to uh, uh basketball and football those are the most some of the most uh high, the highest revenue generating sports also, the entertainment industry, they're capitalizing off of the success of black men. Okay. Black men dominate hip hop. Hip hop right now is the number one genre and it is the biggest money maker in, on planet Earth. Right. On planet Earth, in the in the whole universe, in the Milky Way, <laughs> black the black man people love okay. the black okay. man, and also, and, and also another thing too, and it's and it's it's kind of uh, it's a very interesting uh, find as well. 
the black man is also looked at as a sex icon. Okay. The, yes, the black man is looked at as a sex icon mm-hmm. uh, uh, too, as well. And a lot of people are are making a lot of money off of the image of the black man. Mm. A lot of now, money. Now, how do we go from some of this research into tying that into the mentorship part, like so that so that um, I guess our, our our brothers, our young brothers, can find their own success in these pathways or you know other pathways or tell, tell me more yeah. about that part. so uh the, the thing is which we we heard this for years okay. and it's something that you hear all the time and you know but it's sometimes it's easy to forget uh there was a saying uh if you don't want a black person to know something put it in a book okay okay so a lot of the information a lot of different details are are right there but a lot of us don't know or a lot of us don't have the mentorship to point us in that direction to where to get that information and and all you have to do is just read and what i do with my mentorship i provide them that information i open their eyes i allow them to see the truth i allow them to see reality i allow them to see the construct of this country Another thing is uh, another like discipline that I bring in is history in my classes. If I wasn't teaching business, I'd be a history teacher. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I talk about uh, I use so many different events in history to show how America was constructed. Okay. And how okay. capitalism has impacted our country, and it's a double-edged sword because with everything, there's pros and cons. Right. And and I, I talk to my students about how this the, the the way this world is set up it's a game mm-hmm. you gotta know how to play the game and so, so you're giving them like so you're giving them i like where you where you're you going with this because i'm i think it's a responsibility and i think you see it the same way it's a responsibility for for any of us as african-american males who have found any measure of success or access to share that information with other young brothers, with other young brothers and sisters. Right. Because somehow like you, you found some nuggets of wisdom, like you said about the scholarships, you found yourself in a position to understand, oh, this is the process. This is how it works. This is the information you need. These are the people that are getting the scholarships have these extracurriculars. They have these grades, you know, they their essays are, are or or like this or set up this way so now you're able to share that information with someone right. who maybe in their family in their household or immediate family they're going to like you said they're going to be first generation college students so so who else would they get that information from they exactly have to from mike <laughs> exactly exactly you know and that's the thing man and another thing too is okay you know of course reading research that also helps but my experience my experience things that i've seen with my own eyes i've been around some people that uh are very influential that have power um but as it relates to in, in, in the area of education some key decision makers i've been around them okay i've seen them i developed relationships with them okay. and i was a fly on the wall because i was so young 
I've seen so many things take place. Mm-hmm. I've seen so many things. People who you thought were this, I thought were this noble man or this noble woman, this, this, this man and woman that really care about students, they really care about kids, they really care about minorities. Oh, man. I was in the dressing room, man. I seen it all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I seen the, the good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah. And that also has, that really, uh, really did something to me and make me uh, just increase my passion to work with kids because I see how they are taking advantage of it. Yeah, and you see the need. And I, 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 I love I how you, need. I, I love how you, um, I mean, that's just the reality of any industry or anything when you get behind the scenes sometimes. Oh, yeah. Sometimes people, sometimes leaders, executives, directors, or whatever, people are are forced to make some tough decisions. And sometimes that, that may leave some people out in the cold and it may elevate others. And so I, I do believe, I think it's, it's powerful for you to take all those those experiences that you've had and, and and deliver it into the the classroom on a daily basis, as well as going that extra mile and 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 believing. I, I I look that that you can do something extra, that you can go and whether it's lead a program that's in your school already that exists and, and take that to a next level, or start something like you did with your young professional um, student organization that you're doing to make an impact on these kids last question last question for you talk to me about um like being a black male in education man like can you talk to me about like how do we what do we need to do for any of my 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 cte directors superintendents who are listening to this or watching this what can we do to try to to get more um positive black black males in education like yourself or 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 to keep them to get them to stay like what what are some things yeah what do you what what are some things that you think can help with that to either get them in and and retain we got to for one we got to change the the narrative around teaching i didn't want to be a teacher when i was growing up because i was told that i was told that teachers don't make money and that was from my teachers and I was also told from my teachers that teaching is a hard job, it's stressful, and they a lot of them came in unhappy. So I'm saying to myself, why would I want to do something like that? And they said, well, you know, doctors make this amount, lawyers make this amount. If you're in the NFL, you make this amount. So <laughs> that was the route I went. So like I'm like, okay, I'm playing football, that's my focus, go to the NFL. Like a lot of like a lot of black yeah. guys also, um, Outside of that, I was thinking, well, maybe I'll be a lawyer, you know, because of the money. <laughs> you okay. see what I'm saying? Okay. So we got to change that narrative because um, teaching isn't the only thing that that's, that you can – that's not the only job in education. That's one of the important jobs. And also, your salary goes up over time. And the start-off salary is not bad. Um, okay. It's not – no, it's not 200000 but – it's, it's, it's good enough where, you know, you can live a decent life and then over time the salary increases. Each year I done got raises. Each year I keep getting raise after raise after raise after raise. And so that's you can one go, thing. 
and and their other positions like what you're That's saying like you can go from classroom to principal to administrator exactly. yeah exactly then you can move up to different positions which are also changed in salary so that's something we need to change that that narrative and stop saying oh teachers don't make money teachers don't make money teachers are poor no no that's not that's not true that's false i worked in HR. I, you know what i'm saying I, i've done you said you've seen the numbers <laughs> yeah i was the guy right. that was, they had me doing everything in HR. so right. I, I was offering the jobs which means i had to put the salaries on them i didn't tell right. them what the salary was so <laughs> you know like I, I know all about that stuff so that's one of the things we need to change because right now, African Americans, the household income is is extremely low. You know what I'm saying? Like in St. Louis, it's around like 20,000, 20, 21,000. Mm -hmm. But the average teacher makes double that starting off with just only a bachelor's degree. So imagine if a good portion of that population is making 40,000, that's going to be a tremendous hike in the household income uh, in, uh, in our uh, community, in the black community. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing we gotta do. We gotta like, we gotta make it more appealing. Tell the truth. Mm -hmm. Another thing, um, we have to be, we have to be more transparent, which goes along with telling the truth. But we have yeah. to be transparent and empathetic. Like I was saying, like I seen so many different things. I seen so many people get hurt, and that's why I said what I said. You know, I'm not gonna name any names. Or right? No, like, we not do that. I don't do that. Stuff, <laughs> you know, but, right? I'm just saying, like, it's it's real out here, and I care about people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? A lot of black guys don't want to work in education because of their experience. And I was doing when I was doing my my research on my doctorate degree. The research, the research shows that African Americans have the worst experience in education from a child from kindergarten. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that get disciplined the most. Uh, they could do the same thing as a, a black female, a black girl, a white girl, or a white boy. And the 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 consequences and how he will be dealt with is much harder. So when you four or five you five years old and then you get Tyrell stop doing that. Yeah. You get that yeah. type of tone, Tyrell, go to time out. And then you get you may get a black girl. Uh, stop it, Sasha. Just make right. sure that you keep your keep keep control. Or you get a white boy, Bobby. We don't do that. Yeah, so I I get where you, I get where you're going. So you're saying probably one of the bigger things is we can start trying to be more supportive more of our supportive. young brothers in the, the, the so they can have a better experience in the, in the in the school system to encourage them and maybe shifting like what you're saying teachers when you talk about your job talk about it make sure you're keeping it balanced and sharing the highlights of the success stories the things that that you enjoy about the career all the different lives that you right you have the opportunity to transform and right. you know you to help provide a positive experience just like you yeah. for example just like okay um you you open a restaurant um, Chick-fil-A is so successful because of the experience. Right. Uh, uh, Raising Cane's is so successful it's because of the experience. I know when I go to Chick-fil-A, my food is going to be hot. Right. I know I'm going to meet people that will be smiling. Right. When I go to Raising Cane's, I know that when I pull up to that drive-thru, they have some type of little funny tagline 
You know something. what I'm saying? Yeah, right, uh, right. I know once I get my food, my food is going to be blistering hot the way that I like it. And I'm not going right. to wait real long in line. So I want to keep going back. I had a great experience there. I want to people continually go to the Apple store. They don't mind lining up at the Apple store for a new Apple product because their experience from beginning, middle to end. Mm-hmm. So the experience of uh, researching and finding out about the product, seeing the product online, going to the store, and buying a product, the experience inside the store. And then once they get the product and use the, uh, the product, their experience while using it. You see what I'm saying? And then there's always some type of update. There's always some type of new product coming. So we got to look at it from that, that standpoint. If you want to get more black men, and I hear this all the time. I hear this all the time from so many administrators, so many HR people, and you, you have to really mean it. If you want black men, you have to show it. We're in the show me state. You got to show that you want black men in your schools. Actually, actually mean what you're saying. Don't say it and then don't mean it. What I mean by don't mean it is, oh, well, we had like two black males that, that apply. I just don't think that they're I don't think there would be a good fit. There a good fit, or, um, or another thing is when you get them. Oh, we're so happy to have you, but then don't treat them like you're happy to have them, because you have to try to understand them. Black men, we represent less than two percent of the teachers in the United States of America, so you have to try to understand us and have use empathy towards us like there is for all the other groups, because there is not that many of us there. So. You guys have you have to be very empathetic. So elevate. So we need to elevate to attract more African American male teachers to increase that thing from two percent to ten percent <laughs> to five. That's right. Like That's is, right. Is is we have to elevate the empathy mm-hmm. that we're offering to them when they when they make it into the school district, into the school, into the environment. And then also some shifts in the marketing, the way we present the exactly. job, the way we present the idea, the concept of working in education. Right. Um, exactly. Because I, 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 think so, I think it's so impactful, man. Like, I've, you know, I, I've seen you in your classroom. Um, I know we're at the end now, so I just I'll go ahead and, and, and let the cat out the bag. Dr. Dr. Gibson is my cousin, so you know I've I've known Dr. Gibson his whole life. He's known me all my life, my whole life. So, but seeing him in the classroom with with his students is so powerful. Just the way that they respond to you, but I know it's because of all the things that you said. It's like one one they feel comfortable with you just based on the humanity aspect of like, okay, here's another African-American male, someone who's teaching that looks like me, but then also um, you give that, that uncle vibe. You may represent that fatherly figure for some people as well. And, and you're showing that you care. And so they're open to hearing and listening to what it is that you have to say when it comes time to actually deliver the curriculum, deliver the business, um, deliver the entrepreneurship classes, de- deliver the computer tech classes, uh, because they know, hey, this is someone who has my my best interest. So so hats off to you, man. Th- this has been a great conversation. 
uh, Dr. Mike. Is there any way, like, if if we have someone who's interested in getting in contact with you, um, you're on Facebook. I know you're not on Instagram. Is there anything you, you're on any social media right now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Uh, only <laughs> the closest LinkedIn or your LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Your LinkedIn. LinkedIn okay. is about the only thing that I have. And then when you're a teacher, that's that's one thing. I mean, like I know, yeah, that's tough. You I don't know that's tough. Your class, your your students to no, mind yes. No, no. Your Instagram accounts and stuff. <laughs> and uh yeah. So, so right, but so I am like, on need, LinkedIn. If you need to get in touch with Dr. Gibson, send me an email and I'll <laughs> I'll put and you then in touch. you can also reach me at um you can also reach me at M. Gibson M G I B S O N uh one four three six at gmail.com. Okay. M Gibson M G I B S O N one four three six at gmail.com. You got any questions? Uh you want to go into further discussions and you want even more in-depth transparent <laughs> discussion. Whatever it is that you want, you know, I'm here to to really help uh better uh, education in our city and hopefully in the country i really want to uh get more black males in education and i want i want to create a win for everybody not just african-americans um but for all of us together that's what i want i love it thank you thank you dr gibson um i think there's there's no other there's no better way to close it out than that listen dr gibson thank you for sharing your passion around education. Thank you for sharing your passion around CTE. Thank you for sharing your passion around inspiring the next generation of, of, of African-American educators to be to find success in education and for the, the hands-on work that you're really doing in our school system with our inner city kids. You're a shining example of what it looks like uh, to find success in career tech education so thank you as i always say you don't have to be great to get started but you have to get started to be great thank you everybody for listening peace